0: Of you knew, but not being able to forgive is what makes us physically ill. Holding grievances, basically bypassing those places where we're still attacking or feeling like we're being attacked, those things are what actually make us physically ill. But what if I also told you that, interestingly enough, not being able to forgive? And running away from our past and our roots is something that's actually programmed in us. And it's programming us through a lot of shame because it is understood that when we run away from our past and when we don't honor our roots, the healing will never actually fully come to circle and take place. It's actually also what prohibits us from understanding and being adaptable to the second principle of ancestral healing, which is compassion, which is what we're going to be talking about today in this episode of the Sovereign Women Movement podcast. We're going to be exploring exactly how this second principle of ancestral healing, which is compassion, works spiritually, but also scientifically, as it relates to your brain, to trauma, and how the practices of Kundalini Yoga can actually help us develop more compassion to regenerate our brains so that we can truly truly be able to connect to our own inner sovereignty which is liberation from these patterns of pain satnam and welcome welcome and welcome every one of you wherever you're joining us whether you're subscribing here to the podcast on youtube or podcasts on Spotify, Facebook or Instagram. We love you and I love you so so much and I welcome you all to this beautiful month of April. Yes, here we made it to already April, which is like a flash. It really, truly is. And um, I am feeling a lot more calm and relaxed. I've been sharing a lot of my in my stories of this new uh, red light therapy that I started to use with my Kundalini yoga practice that has really just helped me so much in further calming the nervous system and just uh, more healing as it relates to my cells. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of this but this was actually a red light therapy was actually started in the 1980s 1990s and it was done to for astronauts so First, they discovered this red light therapy actually grew plants a lot quicker in outer space. But then they also discovered that when the astronauts came back, that they would put them under this red light therapy. And then the wounds that they came back with would heal a lot quicker. And there's a lot of science behind this red light therapy. And of course, let me know if any of you have ever tried it. But one of my community sisters, Marissa, who I will forever be grateful for, mentioned it to me. And she mentioned that she was actually using this red light therapy with her kundalini yoga practice, with her satan, and how absolutely amazing it felt and just how revolutionary. And I started to do some research and I started to see what doctors, there's a lot of data since like the 1980s, 1990s, that they've been doing on this particular type of therapy. But uh, one of the things that they found out was that with this red light therapy what's increased is something that is known as atps and atps is literally like energy that is uh, stimulated and created which speeds up the healing of your cells Uh, so your cells die every single day and we have brand new cells that are reborn but this actually helps like wounds so like if you have deep uh, cell tissue You know, when we have cell issues in general and we have other uh, physical elements as well, but it's ever able to heal these wounds to grow cells a lot quicker. And when we use that, especially at home, when you go under these red light therapies, you see these that are very common, actually, like if you go into like um, saunas or even gyms, some gyms have them now. What's cool is that now you and I can purchase one and we can have it in our home and you can use it as part of your meditation practice. So it just enhances this energy, but what it does is that it also works so beautifully with Kundalini Yoga. What I was telling our community sisters was that because Kundalini Yoga is the science of energy, what you are doing with Kundalini Yoga is you're using breath, you're using mantra, you're using, that's the repetition of certain sounds. You're using your uh, positioning of your hands to create a certain energy, a certain amount of energy or a frequency, that when you use it under this red light therapy, it's like you're on energy with energy. You're just like the quantum speed of like the healing and the and the subconscious pattern breakthrough is just so it can be felt and experienced at an even bigger level, and that's what's exciting about this new era that we're entering because although there's a lot of things that will need healing and will continue to be transformed in our world and 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 if you look at the news you'll you'll go you'll turn depressed immediately because it would seem that everything is going wrong, then you're gonna miss the boat of all the amazing things that are also coming down the pipeline. For example, this technology, right, that now you can go to uh, Amazon even and pick up a red light therapy for a hundred bucks, let's say, where before it used to cost, you know, $5,000 or $10,000 and and you had to go somewhere to actually get this type of therapy. The other, the positive of these, this great time and change for humanity is that there are going to be way more solutions to for healing, that are gonna supersede our old ways of pharmaceutical abuse, especially. Which is why like, if you think about it, the old ways of being, it's like these pharmaceutical industries have, have basically toxified and created addicts and created clients instead of healing solutions for humanity. Now they're holding on dear tight because now if we can do red light therapy and we can have preventive medicine like Kundalini Yoga, and we can do herbal medicine plant medicine to actually heal ourselves and we don't need to be uh, basically slaves to a pill for the rest of our lives then more and more people are going to just take those routes and more and more people are awakening to that and this is happening in many areas of the world or of, of our life how we experience life like not just in our medical fields but in our the way we use technology right what is the the uh what is the honorable way of doing it that can help us evolve versus let us become slaves to a technology what is uh changing also so much as like our economy and our government and and <clears throat> how we are of the people because it's each of Aquarius versus one person. So you see how the world is changing so quickly in so many different ways, but we have to, as especially as a collective consciousness, look at what is the positive? What are the things that can be contributing to the evolution, not the destruction? Because if you participate also in only the fear-mongering, then you're gonna also bring down the level of consciousness for yourself and for those around us. And for that, it requires a stable nervous system. And that's why even today's principle, you know, we're going to talk about the second principle of ancestral healing, because you all know that we've been going through a series of of videos where every week I'm sharing with you the seven principles of ancestral healing. And then we're adding a meditation, a kundalini meditation to help us integrate and really apply that principle in our life, physically, spiritually, and mentally. That when I talk about compassion, I think a lot of people can tune out really quickly and think, oh, that sounds like all love and light, new age jambalaya, when we don't realize that this second principle of ancestral healing is better understood scientifically for many people as it relates to the brain, which we're going to talk about today, but also if understood, we would be so more focused and uh, applying this and making this our reality because um, doctors know that compassion fosters well-being it fosters us not only physical health but spiritual health yet there's so many blockages for us to do that because of our old ways of being of even believing that we are separate and that that we need to compete in order to shine bright, like a diamond. And so the astrology is only representing all of these huge changes that we're all going through that we can use to navigate these times. And as it relates to April, before we talk about compassion, and we're gonna look at the spiritual aspect and the scientific aspect of your brain and how developing can disrupt serious ancestral karmic patterns of abuse of poverty consciousness, of trauma, of divorce after divorce, of toxic relationships in your life. And so April is a month that is opening us up to eclipse season. And eclipse season can many times feel very sporadic because eclipses are energy that you can't necessarily plan for. eclipses eclipse things out of our lives, especially... Like I was sharing last week, you, you set out these rockets of desires for what you want in your world, in your life, and what, what you want to experience. Well, then God, the universe, then provides that platform. But a lot of the times that looks like things falling apart for making space for the new to emerge, right? And and uh, we have to learn to trust that process. And through that develop the the tolerance to keep the vision which is developed through our nervous system and as we as it relates to the astrology of april we we should never ever be afraid of astrology as a prophecy especially you should never subscribe to somebody who would use astrology to even create more fear like oh this negative thing negative thing is going to happen or this negative thing because a lot of that time the reason that they're or sharing so much fear is to keep you in that loop of like codependency right because fear makes you need them but there's always a what i would call no good or bad it's a dark shadow our dark aspect and light aspect of the energy and you're you as a consciousness you are somebody with the consciousness most of us are unconscious 95 percent of the day which is why we meditate but you have consciousness and you get to decide what to do with that energy you're powerful and that's the whole thing that we're all remembering we are the receptors you know we're like the we're this we have this vehicle of of that we call the body that is a receptor of consciousness that expands through beyond the body. But where you focus your attention, where you focus your consciousness is where what you're experiencing in this world. so your your job in this incarnation is to train the mind to heal the mind. So yeah, you can experience through your consciousness what you want to experience. That's why this whole world is a trance. So you meditate, you get to decide what trance you get to experience or else you're giving up your sovereignty and giving it up to a trance of fear. If all you are feeding into your consciousness is the news that are saying fear, 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 or if you're constantly not setting the boundaries you need to set, moon and Libra this week, with relationships that constantly drain you because they are in this unconscious loop of, of dark, aspects of the energy right and so those are things that you need to learn to be aware of and learn to decide for yourself as a being with free will in this 3d because ultimately we have uh, no free will we have only the will of god and so this astrology for the month is very is it's potent you know we got the eclipse to prepare for you can go to my instagram i created a diagram that actually gives you the dates and what each of the transits uh, actually mean and also, one of the things that I shared in my Instagram post just recently, it was just a couple of days ago, so go check it out, is how to use the uh, your astrological chart, which is really easy to pull now. Another thing about Pluto and Aquarius, right, this is a whole new era for humanity, brand new revelations and healing. Many of us understanding ourselves more. Why? Because we also understand us ast- tools like astrology which help us know ourselves more. Now you can go online. You couldn't do this before, right? Go online, put your birthday, you do need to know what, uh, where you were born and what time to be more exact and plug it in and it'll give you a free astrological chart. And it's so easy to then like pull up a video on YouTube and learn how to read my astrological chart. It'll take a few minutes, right? And you understanding this astrological chart, you can really navigate with what's happening each of the days or these major transits. And you can use this for your personal relationships, for your business. This is why uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, I always use this example because he was quoted as saying, you know, millionaires don't know astrology, only billionaires do. Why? Because you could use these transits to direct your life and learn to make decisions and understand why you're moving through a certain thing. So if you go to my Instagram, you'll have some tips on how to do that, how to read that chart and how to understand it more, especially if you're someone that carries a lot of ancestral karmic patterns of these poverty consciousness or like a lot of divorce, toxic relationships. Maybe there's a lot of anxiety patterns or abuse patterns in your in your life, then you'll be able to look at your chart and see, oh my gosh, there is a lot of uh, energy or or in my specific in the specific house that actually shows why I'm dealing with these karmic patterns. So for me, when I first had my first reading, I had somebody, an astrologer, do it for me, a professional one, because I really wanted to understand my astrology chart myself. And my, I wanted to understand myself more. And it was really a heart opening. And I've used astrology to make major decisions in my life. Like even when I left the real estate market back in 2000, like four years ago, I don't even remember when it was, but I understood my chart. I knew when it was the time to finally let go of that 15-year cycle that I was closing. And looking back, it was like God and my astrological chart was just positioning me in the right place exactly where I needed to be, especially with what started to happen right afterwards. So, you can use these transits to really learn more about what you're working through, what specific area of your life you need to really level up in, and where these patterns are repeating themselves so that you can use techniques like meditation to actually meditate on these specific days to clear because that's what these dates give you like for example this week we have a really powerful full moon in libra it's happening on the fifth or sixth depending on where you are in the world most of us is the sixth which is on wednesday i believe or thursday and in libra it's all about basically harmony bringing balance justice but it's also in this one especially in relationships And one thing that we need to understand about this one is that it is impacted with this wounded healer, our friend. And anytime our wounded healer is is a character in a transit, I always want to talk about him because it brings up a lot of inner child wounds, a lot of deep ancestral patterns of pain that have been in our lineage for a long time. And what I'm referring to is, for example, in this uh, Libra full moon. Which is happening right around the corner. Chiron, the wounded healer, is like we're sitting right across from that moon. And as that is happening, it's really opening up these wounds that have really been a pattern in your life, especially you would probably have been even more aware of them around March 12th. Because around March 12th, if you go back to that month and you can even go to social media and go back to like your, your um your records for that day and archive and see what you were doing because there was something that was happening that there was that energy there that day whereas jupiter was expanding on this wound that you've been carrying for a long time through lessons and you see this through like what were the conflicts we're having with people what were the messages that you were receiving from the universe from god and and this wound because this full moon is sitting across from chiron it's gonna further be amplified And again, it's not a punishment. Again, it's either it's gonna because full moons are culmination points, right? They they bring things to a climax. There it's gonna show you whether you're on the right path towards letting go of that story. Or like I say sometimes, because healing is not linear, it's very cyclical. So many of us can say, I have a deep, deep wound of some type of abuse that I've been through, or neglect, or or something that happened to me as this trauma. And it feels, especially like with the women that are in my academy, right? It feels like, you know, the triggers are less, or even if the trigger does come, I respond way differently. Where even before I used to respond by drinking alcohol or hitting someone. (laughs) Now I'm more at peace and I find myself more in acceptance of it. So it's not, I think many of us try to give up because, or we give up because we think, I'll, le- I'll never feel this pain again, which can happen. Actually, there are many things that I thought I would never say. I don't feel this pain anymore about it, and which I don't anymore. Then there are certain things where I can see that it's been a mountain. So if this full moon in Libra brings up some pain, or some kind of challenge, or a conflict in a relationship, because remember, it's in, in balancing and harmony with our relationships and our intimate relationships, romantic, but also our parents, our our siblings. If it brings up this pain, it's it's more of a how can I sit with this to reflect on what this theme has been in my life and what it can teach me about self-compassion, about what it can teach me about how can I respond differently and understanding. What it is that is the painful part. Because if you get to the why the pain, you literally liberate yourself from addictions, from all of these different patterns of toxicity that have been in our lineage for such a long time. So, the full moon, you can look at the full moon in Libra, you can see how it's aspecting your specific chart, you can see where it sits on your chart, you can see what house, and now you can see what wound is being turned on. And it gives you so much awareness because you'll see, oh, my gosh, it's actually aspecting my fourth house or it's aspecting my house of business and money or my house of family and home. And you can look at the patterns that are happening at the full moon and you can reflect and become aware. It's not about uh, changing in a moment. It's about awareness because we cannot change what we're not aware of. And healing is not changing. Healing is accepting so then you work through that awareness and this is where the nervous system stabilization comes through meditation to be able to gain a different perception and to be able to ultimately accept because you can waste the whole life many lifetimes in learning how to forgive in fact we're going to be talking about that today so you see how this astrology can really help us it can help us transcend and it can help us stop and disrupt a lot of those patterns like i said go check out my instagram post It'll give you more details on how to read that chart, how to understand it, especially if you're working with a lot of ancestral karma patterns in your life specifically. And I think it's really appropriate because this week is if you're signed up for my newsletter, you can go to veronicabarragan.com forward slash disruptor and you can sign up for my free newsletter. I go, it goes out every single week, has a detailed look at a specific yoga meditation for you, uh, spiritual psychotherapy. This week I'm sending out a A little bit of a passage on Easter and the resurrection and forgiveness because we are coming up to Easter for those of you that celebrate. And it also gives you a little bit of a background on the meditation we're practicing for the week and ancestral guidance, which I want to kind of talk a little bit before we talk about compassion because it really helps us put into perspective how important it is for us to understand that healing is self acceptance, healing is shining bright and being authentically you. In fact, one of my favorite doctors, Dr. Gabor Mate, you all know that I always talk about him. He talks about the things that make us ill and things that make us sick. And one of the reasons we get so sick is because we're not authentically ourselves. And it it all starts with all of these emotions that we repress, right? Like you're young, you're little, and you're told, don't cry, don't get angry, don't this. Or perhaps you grew up in a household where Your parents were fighting a lot and you associated their fighting with something wrong with you, right? They weren't happy because of you, because something was wrong intrinsically with you. So in any case, it's like almost we're programmed not to shine. We're programmed not to be ourselves. We're programmed to repress how we're feeling, especially, which is what ultimately makes us really sick and makes us physically sick as well. And so this week's guidance I think is so appropriate because we've all rebirthed from this equinox, right? This this uh, springtime, if you're in the Northern hemisphere like we all are, like I am. If you are in this rebirth and resurrection mode because what's happening on Sunday, if you're here in the United States of America, Sunday is Easter, this uh, already. And the sad way we were taught through religion was that Easter was a time of, of feeling guilty and quiet because our brother, Jesus Christ, basically had a soup, uh, or excuse me. <laughs> oh my goodness, the incense is really getting at me, but it's absolutely amazing. It's called copal. It, is, it smells so good, but it just came right into my nostrils and it was really, really just potent. But um, Easter brings us a a big time of reflection. But the way that it's done through religion is it's done through a way of almost guilt of, look what you did and look what our brother had to do for us. And now we are safe because of that. Wherein the Course in Miracles, which is something that I've studied for a long time and, and been teaching it also, the reflection is actually a time of celebration and an understanding that Jesus Christ, especially our brother, came to teach us not about the crucifixion, but about the resurrection, about the celebration of life beyond the body. And that if he was able to be on that cross and say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, that we truly can embody that and walk we'll to talk here to be liberated from the pain of the body. And that's what this card really symbolizes, too. It's The ancestors are saying, like, you've been hibernating. You've not, you've not been truly shining your radiant, beautiful light. For some reason, you're programmed to be afraid, to speak your truth, to be your truth, to truly be out in the world. But it's time for you to come out of that slumber, for you to come out of that hiding, and for you to truly get and shining in your life. Life is calling you to shine your light and to add your lightness and humor to the seriousness all around you. Go out and play is very much indicated right now. And people that are super successful have this down. They understand that high productivity means that they are in flow state, which means that if they're not in high productive mode, they go out and play. They have a hobby. They have something that they absolutely love. That gets them back into those states of consciousness where they can actually be more productive and more creative because they're in their flow states, because they're in that shining bright state instead of that stagnant, you know, slave driver mentality, which ultimately uh, collapses your nervous system. So, what the ancestors are really guiding us to do is because we've rebirthed it through the spring, instead of looking at the sad things like me growing up, I remember seeing pictures of our brother Jesus Christ, like, um, on a cross and he was all bloody and like crucified. Like just, you know, I would always ask questions to God, like, why would God allow this? You know, like why would God do this to, to our own brother? Like why? And 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 we think about that program, it's really one to scare you and to to program you into, hey, what happens if you are do shine bright? like our brother Jesus Christ, look what happens to you, right, or to make you believe that there is a God that punishes, and that is what deeply within us makes us feel guilty, which prohibits us from truly being who we truly are. We're afraid that if we're discovered, if we, people truly know who we are, that all of a sudden, you know, we will be crucified, or we will be cast into the lions, and not being truly who we are, not speaking our voice, not shining our light, not having a good time in life is actually what's killing us inside. And see, the thing about that is that we truly cannot be authentically who we are and accept ourselves if we don't develop compassion, which is the second principle of ancestral healing, which is what we're gonna talk about this week. Now, the good news about compassion is that it can really be understood, like I said, spiritually, and it can also be understood scientifically. So I'm gonna to touch both aspects of that today. I want us to understand the brain and compassion, but I also want us to understand the metaphysical and spiritual aspects of it, because it's a very big, path, important pathway to your liberation from these patterns of pain. Because I promise you, if you're going through yet another divorce, or your first divorce, or your first breakup, or your second breakup, or you're going through, uh, poverty plateaus, same making money, losing all the money, right? Or not making the money at all. Or you keep getting on these patterns of anxiety and depression or these mental instabilities that keep happening in your life, like addiction. It didn't start with you. There's, an, there's a gene, an epigenetic cell inside of you that is turning on because the stress is, is very, very uh, potent right now. And so, when we develop this awareness of understanding these principles of ancestral healing, what happens is we can actually get to the root and disrupt these patterns at the level of the DNA. Now, compassion, understanding compassion is very important. And the first part is the spiritual aspect of it. And to understand that, we have to understand how we are actually shamed and programmed almost into not forgiving and into instead of honoring our past and being curious even about our ancestors and their past, that we forget or tuck those things under the rug because of a modernized way of living. And <clears throat> to begin to understand that, when I first started to go on this path of healing, interestingly enough, the more I healed, the more I was curious and wanted to know more about my roots, my Mexican roots, my indigenous roots. Whereas in before I began my healing journey, I could care less about my roots. In fact, I just wanted to blend in and fit in with a modern society. I was an immigrant child who came from Mexico as a very young child to the United States of America, where pretty much the program was don't speak your language, Spanish, fit in, learn English as quickly as possible, and try not to look as dark as you are, and don't wear those clothes that make you as Mexican as you look. And that was kind of like the program that I had my entire time. And my parents, you know, they're such a beautiful parents, but of course, to protect me, Instead of them telling me, because they did the same thing in their scenario, they just blended in. They didn't want to call attention. They told me to do the same, to just blend in. They maybe didn't say it in words like that, but it's not like they empowered me by teaching me about my roots and culture. And, you know, they were so stressed out about work and all the things that they had to do that they didn't focus on teaching me about the importance of my roots. And because I didn't know so much about my roots, I didn't know who I was, which makes it very easy for you to get physically, spiritually, and mentally sick. One of the reasons I started to realize that was actually through one of my favorite teachers. His name is Shogam Trumpa. and he was he's he was an exiled monk from Nepal, India, who came to the United States of America, and he founded the University known as Naropa. And he wrote this really beautiful work, book. Actually, he's written several books. And one of them is about being a spiritual warrior. And one of the chapters, he spoke about how there is no way that any one of us could ever, ever heal if we do not have a connection with our roots, where we came from. And this is not some kind of like devotion only or some kind of fanaticism to where you came from but to at least knowing and caring about where your ancestors came from. Because think about it, if we don't know where we came from, we can't develop compassion for ourselves or for our ancestors. And we take it personal, our traumas and their traumas, not knowing what it is that perpetrated those traumas, right? And it's almost like a program, again, that's done to us by the world. I mean, for me, it was like don't speak your language. When we were growing up in kindergarten, I remember that there was a migrant program where they would you were able to learn in Spanish and English. But by the time I got to like middle of kindergarten, they wanted to take it out because there was no funding. And you know it was always like a like a your language is not important. You need to just learn to fit in which for me was rough and I can only imagine for like our Native American brothers and sisters, like even in this last century in the 1900s when they were colonized by uh, colonizers, colonizers that would basically, I heard horror stories where these children were taken from their parents and put into these institutions Supposedly to educate them, which that's they were like literally like concentration camps, and these children were taken from their parents. They were put in these concentration camps. Their hair was cut. They have you know Native Americans and in many spiritual traditions, the hair is like incredibly sacred. It's it's the connection to ayu to to Mother Earth to Gaia, right? And um, not only that, but they were told they were not allowed to practice their spiritual practices. They were, in many cases, uh, if they were, spoke their language, they would get pens or pencils and, and stick these pens and pencils in their tongues so that they would feel the pain of what would happen if they did not listen. So there was a deep, serious trauma that these children went through to forget their roots, to feel afraid to to be who they truly are. That we now in this generation, are thankfully i have seen so many amazing activists i wouldn't call them activists because activists can really portray people that are angry these are peacemakers let's call them instead that they're peacemakers that are really bringing forward the vision and and roots of their ancestors to keep those wise teachings and, and languages alive because all of that is severe trauma where you are basically programmed to be ashamed of your roots, to, to connect to those truths. And you have to look at how you do that. You know, Have you taught your children their native language? Have you taught it yourself? Do you care about that? I mean, one way that we can do that is by asking questions to our parents, especially if they're still alive. I understand that many uh, you perhaps are adopted or you don't know your father or you don't know your mother and you know thankfully we have so many resources now like where you can through your dna find out a lot of information there's websites you know where you can pull uh, information about where you came from even you know from past ancestors and there's just so much research that we can do but if we do have living family members to be able to have these conversations and to ask you know questions about your grandparents about your parents to get a better notion of who you are and and where your ancestors came from as well and and through that learning a lot and you know one of the beautiful things about the work that I've done, especially when I would practice the ancestral karma meditation, which is actually here on my YouTube channel, if any of you want to practice that one and start on it. But when I was practicing that meditation, I was on a like year long journey with it and, and awareness and, and, and memories came to me from ancestors that I didn't even know I had, that I would later go and talk to my grandmother about it and say, who is this or what is this person or, you know, did this happen? And she would confirm it. I don't have my grandmother in physical form anymore, but I can connect to her anytime I, I like. And that's one of the things about this work, this inner healing work, is that you stop being afraid of, of that connection. And you realize that your ancestors are always there to connect with you as long as you call upon them. And that, it develops a lot of compassion in us because we start to not take this personal. We start to understand where their pain came from right and when you have, when you don't take things personal you're like emotionally intelligent you're able to do what Jesus Christ did on that cross which is what he said was forgive them father for they don't know what they do you are he did not take it personal that we decided to crucify him because of his connection to god and we can do that too and most of the time the reason why we haven't healed is because we haven't forgiven and the reason why we haven't forgiven is because we think that our ancestors, our parents, our grandparents acted the way they acted because of our worth or because of who we are. And that's where the healing needs to happen. That's where the shifts in perception need to happen. It had nothing to do with my intrinsic worth. And many times this is why the reality is that we have to parent, become that parent that we always wanted to have and do it without a way feeling bitter about it instead of in a compassionate way of understanding hey you know what they did the best they could based on their level of consciousness and i did the best i could i'm doing the best i could based on my level of consciousness so it's important for us to connect to those roots to ask those questions to to really honor where we came from to also compassionately approach those conversations with understanding that All human beings act only at the level of consciousness and has nothing to do with your own personal intrinsic worth. Now this I can prove to you. Now let's talk about the second very important part of compassion because compassion can be proven scientifically in many ways, even through Buddhism. And Buddhism, the basis of Buddhism is compassion. And there's a whole science behind compassion that can be studied through Buddhism or it also can be understood even with like what doctors talk about compassion now because we know that compassion actually those that are compassionate have uh, develop a better well-being, better physical health, better mental health, better physical, spiritual health. So you're like, well, if that's the truth then we know that people that are more compassionate um, are just a lot physically and and spiritually healthier then why can I just choose to be compassionate? Why can't I just have compassion for all my attackers or the people that have hurt me or these things that I've done to people? Why can't I have self-compassion, right? And the reason that is, is because as much as it's also spiritual and emotional, it's also physical. And what that has to do with is with our brain. The reason people take things personal is because their brain is not functioning correctly. And I've talked about this many times here on podcast. It's one of the most, I think, powerful reasons why Kundalini Yoga became so obvious to me as such an incredible pathway to deep healing and to getting to the root cause. Because as much as we're talking spiritually, the brain is a very important part of compassion and of ancestral healing. And think about it, you know, when you think about ancestral healing, we're talking about addressing these past wounds, right? The traumas that may have been passed down, generation to generation. So we need to create like a safe and supportive place and environment so that we can bring these things to our awareness, right? So it becomes a really powerful emotion that has these positive impacts in our physical and mental being, but it also helps us really understand ourselves a little bit more and understand where people in our life came from. What was it that drove them to the things that they did, right? So with Kundalini Yoga, one of the things that we need to understand about compassion is that there's functions of the brain that are connected specifically to the compassion. And what is known now is that there is an area, of course, of the brain known as the amygdala. And this is that almond-shaped area of the brain that through Kundalini Yoga meditation, we can increase compassion by reducing the activity in the amygdala. Because what happens is that if you're someone that's been on a pattern of a lot of pain and abuse, your amygdala is overworked. So when you went through the emotional trauma, whether it was in this lifetime as a child, or it's a pattern in your nervous system also that has been passed down through the womb, because your mother's nervous system is regulated in her mother's womb and you were in your mama when you were being regulated by both your mom and your grandmother. So these are patterns of pain. What happens is that the amygdala starts to overwork itself. The amygdala is our fight and flight. So if it's not healed and what it's doing is it constantly thinks you're under the same pattern of pain. So like if you were a child and you went through abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, right? The amygdala then stopped working and functionally because it started to think I need to defend myself, fight and flight. So because it stopped functioning, instead of secreting good chemicals to the brain, which actually open up the frontal cortex, it's secreting bad chemicals to the brain, which is secreting bad chemicals to the body, which is making us ill. And because of this, the frontal cortex is affected, which means we cannot have compassion. It's impossible. It's a, basically a chemical interruption. There is no way to have compassion if our amygdala is not working. So what happens in Kundalini Yoga, remember, this is the science of energy where we lighten up the chakra centers, we open up the tantric energy from within us, it starts to activate basically all this energy that starts to create, specifically there are meditations specifically for the brain and specifically for the amygdala, which we're going to work on next Wednesday, what starts to happen is it starts to actually function correctly which means the frontal cortex starts to develop better, which means it's easier for you to actually have compassion. There's other parts of the brain too that are in, affected. There's a part of the brain that is known as the insula. And this part of the uh, brain through Kundalini yoga it can help us increase the activity in the insula. This region of the brain is what's actually responsible for your emotional processing, To a way for you to develop empathy. So when we focus our attention on the body and on breath during our meditations, we actually can become more aware of our own emotions, right? That's why Kundalini Yoga is known as the mother of awareness. We'll become more aware of our emotions, of our sensations, as well as the emotions of others. And now this increased awareness is what actually leads to what greater empathy and compassion towards others. This is why, for example, I recently had a community member, Elida who actually shared with us how she was looking at her journal and when she started my group coaching program, the Southern Women Academy, to where she is now. And she was saying how how much she has seen the progress and the metamorphosis that she's gone through. And one of the things that she noticed the most is that she finds, oh, she's found herself a lot more, in acceptance and not the rumination, right? Acceptance and more at peace. And so think about what that means. I mean, some of you might think, well, that sounds like, you know, airy fairy love and light. But if you are working on these practices that are healing these areas of the brain, like the insula, which is connected to the frontal cortex, which is turning on your amygdala, right? Fixing it, healing it from these traumas then of course, you're going to feel more inner peace. Why? Because the chemicals that are being released from your brain into your body and into your brain are not those toxic chemicals. That's what those toxic patterns of thinking do. They're actually chemicals that are healing the body. And that's how we activate this inner chemical reaction that actually heals instead of destroys, which is usually what we're doing instead when we don't have compassion. So as you can see, through these practices of breath, of meditation, what we're doing is we're learning to develop compassion so that we can, in turn, be able to have that awareness of not taking things personal, knowing that everyone's acting at their own level of consciousness and learning how to develop true emotional intelligence by having an agile brain that's not on a pattern of pain. And so compassion becomes a really powerful emotion, a really powerful tool. It's actually one of the sutras of Kundalini Yoga. Either you see through the eyes of compassion or you don't see at all. You're not seeing at all. And the reason that is, is because compassion is somebody who is sovereign, free from the patterns of thinking of separation, even from God, and only focused and in true essence of their satnam, their truth, and who they truly are. So to get you started, I mean, we're moving into this really, really powerful weed. We have, uh, whether you're watching this now, or maybe even in the future, this is a time of major transformation. And we disrupt the pattern by going within and doing the inner work. This inner guide or this e-guide that I created for all of you actually has a full-blown explanation on a seven day, Monday through Sunday, day by day, Instructional Satna for you, meaning a daily meditation to release all addictive programming addictions to substances, any type of addictions, you don't have to know what your addiction is, you know, we all have patterns. Of thoughts and it's not even the addiction it's in why the pain, but we all have some kind of pattern that keeps us of thinking that keeps us in these loops of reaching for those things that don't necessarily always serve our highest purpose. So this e-guide, what it takes you through this really powerful three-minute meditation to practice every day, as well as a daily, of course, in miracle's affirmation. It'll help you stay in that commitment and discipline because it's not that you're lazy or that something's wrong with you. It's just that when we start to do this work, all this awareness starts to come up and it gets uncomfortable. But if you can push through, especially the first two weeks and take the 40-day challenge, complete the meditation for 40 days, That's when you're going to start knowing some major differences in your patterns of behavior and and also in your awareness into those things that you know must, must change. And this is a really powerful time to do that because, like I said, April is only going to welcome in eclipse season. It's going to welcome in an opportunity for us to, to level up and to release ourselves from these wounds that are only here to teach us more about ourselves and to also learn how to work with them to use, to create instead of destroy. So check out that e-guide by going down at the link below in the comments and get on your practice today. If you're going to do the 40 days, definitely let us know in the comments. We'd love to help you stay accountable if that's something that you also need but help with. And like I said, next Wednesday, I will be back. So make sure you set your notifications here on YouTube because I'm going to be sharing with you a specific meditation to help you develop compassion, to help you specifically go into the healing and the transformation and regeneration of the brain so that we can continue this process of ancestral learning during an incredible time to be alive. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, like this video, thank you so much for the like, thank you for the loves, thank you for commenting below, and thank you for sharing it with others as well in your community. I'll see you all again on Wednesday, 12 p.m., Mountain Standard Time. Set down.